Good morning. You're tuned to Radio 2SER in Sydney on 107.3 megahertz, and it's 10 o'clock, and it's time for your enlightenment and your enjoyment to hear a very special live music edition of the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. the Sahaj Kawals and uh, they were singing the three great mantras of Sahaj Yoga and uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Sufi music um, 
These musicians are Sahaja Yogis. Uh, they practice Sahaja Yoga meditation and they sing Kawalis as an expression of their spirituality. This is Sahaja Yoga meditation and it's Radio 2SCR in Sydney. Uh, before um, we get into too much of our topic today, which is the topic of collectivity and collective consciousness, I just want to introduce Jillian Patanka and Jean-Michel Huet, who are going to uh, discuss the subject with me today. And uh, a little bit later in the program, Jillian's going to take us through a very unique kind of a meditation. I don't know whether we've done that on this radio program before. It's a musical meditation where we use musical notes that have a particular affinity to each of the chakras in order to raise Kundalini spontaneously. Um, this raising of the Kundalini we call self-realization and through the techniques taught to us by the founder of Sahaja Yoga, Srimataji Nirmala Devi, we, we learn to um, read our subtle energy instrument within our central nervous system. And the whole point of uh, our program here every week on 2SER is so that people at home have the opportunity to have the self-realization. It's something that is everybody's right. It's something that you cannot pay for. It's inbuilt. It's inborn. And, and it's a living process. So uh, we'd invite you all to stick around for some more music and a guided meditation a little bit later in the program. So... Um, just for a little bit of background on self-realization for any new listeners we might have today, um, we know that inbuilt in us is this perfect subtle instrument. Um, it's, it's laying in our central nervous system. It's made up of seven energy centers which correspond to the nerve plexuses along our spine. And there are three energy channels which correspond to the left and right sympathetic nervous system and a channel running through the middle up the center which uh, governs the autonomic nervous system. Now Kundalini is the energy, it's a divine energy, a mothering, nurturing energy that lays dormant in the base of our spine. It lays coiled in the sacrum bone until its time of awakening. And um, this spontaneous awakening uh, which is actually the uh, Sanskrit for Sahaja Yoga, spontaneous awakening, has been, de been developed by Srimataji from ancient knowledge, and she has developed a way to spontaneously awaken Kundalini en masse, not just one by one individually, uh, you know, taking uh, years and years of your life to travel, for the Kundalini to travel one chakra, up the uh, central nervous system, but spontaneously in a moment through all the seven energy centers. Now, this is um, known as self-realization, as I, as I told you. Now, when the Kundalini rises and enlightens all these energy centers and the energy channels, it integrates and links our spirit. Our spirit is the collective being inside each of us. It links that spirit to our heart, to our brain, to our attention, and it connects us then to the universal conscious energy, or you can call it Allah, you can call it God. And this is our yoga, this is our union with the divine. And, um, and then the attention becomes enlightened. The kundalini rises above the mind, above the thoughts, above our past, 
above our emotions, our thinking, our futuristic attitudes, our ego, our superego, into a state of meditation. And this state of meditation is a state of being fully alert, fully aware, but when we're in this absolute, present, blissful, still, serene moment. There are no thoughts of the past or the future intruding on our mind, and we're feeling absolutely quiet, but completely alert and connected. And it's in this state of meditation uh, that we experience collectivity or collective consciousness, and that's our subject for today. It's a huge subject. Um, there are many things to do with um, our, our awareness, but it also has to do with one of the main chakras, which is in our throat, the Vishuddhi chakra. It has to do with um, our communication, our speech, uh, being able to witness events and people's behavior without reacting, just seeing what's happening and, and allowing whatever's meant to be working out to work out spontaneously. It's governed, this chakra is governed by an element known as ether. And um, ether is the element that we are in when we're in thoughtless awareness. And um, so it's very much in tune with our Sufi music today, with our subject matter, that we talk about the spirit and about this collective being that we become connected to. So I'd open up uh, some discussion points for the panel here. Yeah, I think the the point of communication and uh, collectivity starts from the heart. If we talk of um, harmony between people, it has to start from the heart. And uh, an open heart is is probably our capacity to to listen to to ourselves inside, <coughs> to listen to our spirit, and therefore to listen to others and to understand what are they made of what is their concern, and um, to be aware of others. Uh, if, if we look at the, the way we are born on this earth and we li live collectively all together since we're very young, um, we've been learning through our life that life is um, more powerful than what we decide or what we think things are. And life itself looks after everyone. So if we manage to get in tune with our spirit uh, inside through maybe uh, the awakening of this Kundalini in us, we might get the chance to, to understand this point about life and um, to get uh, connected to this dimension of vibrations. And this ether... Um, Lielan was talking about is uh, is this dimension where these vibrations flow. That's where we can get this understanding of people, probably. Yes, that's right. And I think also if you if you also look at maybe what the essence of collectivity is, um, it is the heart, and in the heart is the source of love. And actually, the universe has been created as um, out of love, and the whole universe actually works as one. I mean, we talk in biology of the web of life, but we forget that we are intricately a part of that, not just physically by the fact that we integrate with our environment and other people physically, but on a much more subtle level, so that um, every thought and every feeling that we have act is actually connected throughout the universe. And that um, if we can 
become connected to that source of love, which is the spirit and which is the whole of this energy, then um, we can actually grow in our collectiveness, in our collectivity, not in a mental way, but from the heart, so that it actually becomes a state of being. It's, it's actually a state. It's, it's not a thought, is it? No. It's, it's actually a state of being collective where it happens spontaneously and you have that feeling of being collective. I, I remember one of the first things that I experienced when I got my self-realization, um, and I didn't actually feel much on my hands, but I had this incredible feeling of love for the whole world, as if there was absolutely no difference between anything and myself. And I think um, that when that quality can manifest, then a lot of the problems that we experience in the world which go against collectivity will just dissolve. Mm. And it's not just in um, th- this whole idea of being connected, of, of, of having this underlying energy that it's, uh, you see a lot of uh, the scientific theories that are coming through now, like um, chaos theory, which is nothing but collectivity. Yeah. People are talking about things like global brain, uh, global consciousness. Um, I mean, all these things are talking and explaining in scientific ways, um, psychological ways, anthropological ways, phys- physicists' ways. Um, all the things that we understand innately through our meditation and through this energy flowing through us and making us more in tune not only with ourselves but with the people around us, with our environment, with situations we might find ourselves in, um, troubles and difficulties which suddenly um, come clear. We know exactly what the problem is. There's this this sudden and and, um, unmistakable understanding of each and every aspect of our life through this power of collectivity. Yeah, because this, this collectivity or this power um, is actually looking after us. It it's actually loves us mm. and uh, wants us to grow spiritually and grow within ourselves and to, cre- to create within the world or have the world bloom into the, manif- the full manifestation of, of what it actually is trying to do, which is a harmonious spiritual mm. place on this earth. We might um, go now to a talk given by Srimataji Nirmala Devi, um, in this talk, Shimataji's uh, talking about collectivity and about collective consciousness and that it is directly related to the spirit within everyone. We are not these channels either. We are not the subconscious. And we are not the supraconscious. We are not this ego or this conditioning and these habits. Because we say, I have got habits, so who is this I? I have got children, so who is I? I have got two eyes, so who is this I? We never say, I am the eyes. So in subtle ways we know that I is different. When the doctors also call it as autonomous nervous system, they should ask one question, who is this auto? Auto means the one who drives the car, for example, we call it automobile, but there has to be a driver. So one has to realize that there is something missing still in a human awareness, and that's why all these problems of different types have arisen. Suddenly, startlingly, we are facing them, like ecological problems 
all kinds of imbalances in life have come. The reason is that human awareness or the mental projections, when they move, they move in a linear way. And when they move in a linear way, they recoil and trouble us. You went into science, all right, science, 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 where atomic energy, then the waste, then all that repels you. These are all transitory things. There are so many transitory things we indulge into. So the essence of all the religions, if you go to the essence of it, not to the outside horrible uh, nature of there that you see, but if you go to the basic essence of it is this, that you should seek the eternal and you should look after the transitory in a way as much as it is required in its own limitations and in its understanding. This is where we have failed the second part and we have run after the transitory things. Just now I was driving through the park and I was, I'm so enamored always by Siddhar trees and there's so few left now. In six years' time so many have disappeared. Because we go all out into one direction. Now money-making, money-making should not be the aim of life because we have seen that people who have money are not very happy or peaceful people. It doesn't give you that peace, that joy. People talk of peace and of having no wars and this, this is so superficial. There's something gone wrong with human beings somewhere and they need today is the transformation. And this transformation is only possible if they get the enlightenment and in that light they see where we are wrong. For example, somebody is holding a snake and it's darkness. You tell that person you are holding a snake, he'll say, no, I'm holding a rope. How do you argue with him? Best is to put on the light and let him have a look. So the spirit within you, spirit within you, when it enlightens you, you see for yourself what's wrong with you. You become your own master, you become your own guide. You don't need any guide. And this happening has to take place in these modern times because we have reached a point where we have started thinking, where have we go, gone wrong? And that's how seeking of the truth has started. There are so many people all over the world who are seeking truth and falling into the traps, say traps of drugs, all kinds of these things like there's tarot, this, that, all sorts of things and all outward things. Also they fall into the traps of false gurus. And false gurus knew there is a market for befooling people, so they were here to make money out of you and to use you for their own purpose of making money. Now this is a living process within us. As we have become human beings in our evolutionary process, we have to become the higher personality. And to become the higher personality, there has to be some way which has to be spontaneous. As we have become spontaneously human beings, in the same way, spontaneously it has to happen to us that we become the higher human being where our human awareness becomes something much more. As Jung has said very clearly that we have to become collectively conscious, collectively conscious.
Now this is not just I'm saying that we are all friends, Canadians and all of us are friends and talking about we are brothers and sisters, it's all outward. When it comes to reality we find we are not friends, even in one family we find there's no love. The reason is this collective consciousness is a part and parcel of your central nervous system. So it has to manifest on your central nervous system. How it works out is that once you become a realized soul or you have your second birth, as they call it, when the Kundalini pierces through your fontanelle bone area and you get connected with this all-pervading power, then your spirit manifests and the spirit is the collective being within us. Then you start feeling on your fingertips clearly. On our fingertips we start feeling the centers that are yours and the centers of others. If you can just decode it, if you could just decode it and know what these indications mean. For example, now here the centers are shown on the hand that these are the centers are five, six and seven, like we can see five fingers, six and seven. These are the seven centers on the right-hand side which they deal with your physical and your uh, intelligence or your mental side. And the right hand deals with your future. But the left side also we have five, six and seven and these deal also with the seven centers within us. Now even a child, if she's a realized soul, even if there are ten children who are realized souls, you just ask them to put hands towards somebody, close their eyes or you can tie up their eyes and they will tell you the same thing. What's wrong with this fellow? They'll raise the fingers, whatever is wrong with that person and immediately you can diagnose the person, what's the problem with the person is. So now the whole system is working out towards our destruction in a way because we care so much for transitory things. Now transitory things are transitory because inbuilt within them is the power to destroy, otherwise they would have been permanent. So once we run after the transitory things, at a point it reaches and relapses on us and the destruction of the society starts. Destruction of all that is beautiful within us destroys and gradually uh, we become like robots or I don't know what to say because the human beings lose their beauty of their love, of their understanding, of their oneness, that they are part and parcel of the whole. The microcosm has to become the macrocosm. All these things are achieved only by this connection of the Kundalini with the all-pervading power. For example, now I'm speaking on this instrument, it's a simple thing, but unless and until it is connected to the mains, it has no meaning. In the same way, unless and until we are connected to the mains, our life has no meaning. We cannot understand absolute truth. We live in a relative world. For some people this is very good, for some people this is very good, some people say this is ideal, but it is not. How are we to decide that this is absolute? Absolute can be decided only when you have reached that point of absolute truth. The Spirit is the one which is the source of absolute truth, absolute love, we can call it a complete pure love and it is pure knowledge. This Spirit is within us, in our heart. Only thing, it has to now manifest into our attention.
And when it manifests in our attention, even our attention becomes very powerful. Even with your attention you can do many things. Of course, all benevolent, nothing harmful or destructive. You can pay attention to somebody and it works so wonderfully. All these things are within us like a computer we are. We are already a computer in a way because we, we don't have to program ourselves to see what is the color of this and that. But this computer is a divine computer. And a new race comes up out of this, which is enlightened, which has collective consciousness, which has the power. So such a person becomes extremely dynamic, very powerful, at the same time extremely compassionate and loving and patient. He becomes very peaceful. This is the personality advantage. But he gets powers to raise the Kundalini. He can raise the Kundalini of others, like one light which is enlightened, can enlighten another light. In the same way, you can have the power to raise the Kundalini and give realization to others. That's how Sahaja Yoga spreads. And it has worked wonders in so many countries. Now we have Sahaja Yoga working in 35 countries. In Turkey I went and I was amazed. In a Muslim country, uh, everybody warned me, Mother, you are going to a Muslim country. They turned out to be the best surgeons. Such wonderful people they were, because they are fed up of fundamentalism, they are fed up of uh, all kinds of nonsensical ideas that are coming from the West, also from the East, and they are just there. That is the best country I found in the whole of Europe, which has worked out surgeons.
the Sahaj Kawals singing some devotional music in the Sufi tradition. And before that, we had a talk given by the founder of, of Sahaja Yoga, Srimataji Nirmala Devi. And that was actually 12 years ago. She mentioned that Sahaja Yoga, uh, there are people practicing Sahaja Yoga in 35 countries. It's actually now closer to 90 countries. 
and uh, it is a grassroots movement. There's there's no hierarchies. There's no money to be paid, and um, it's just people like us, which have the experience of Sahaja Yoga meditation, wanting to pass it on like one candle to another. That's basically how it's been growing. Uh, we've been talking about collective consciousness and uh, collectivity in all the many different forms. It's a huge subject, and we can only really talk about uh, a few aspects of it here. But hopefully um, what we discuss today will inspire you to um, go deeper in your meditation and discover what collectivity is for yourself. Um, I'd just like to read something. Uh, it's the making of relatives right of the Oglala Sioux in North America. And it's just one example of how collective consciousness, the awareness of collective consciousness um, is in a lot of different areas of life. Um, it says, uh, the, the uh, Black Elk is the writer of this, and he says, I wish to mention here that through these rites, a threefold peace is established. The first peace which is the most important, is that which comes within the souls of men when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all its powers, and when they realize that at the center of the universe dwells Wakan Tanka, and that this center is really everywhere, it's within each of us. This is the real peace, and the others are but reflections of this. The second peace is that which is made between two individuals, and the third is that which is made between two nations. But above all, you should understand that there can never be peace between nations until there is first known that true peace which, as I have often said, is within the souls of men. Um, there, there are a lot of different um, religious texts that talk about collectivity in all the different ways. It's in the Tao Te Ching. It's in um, a lot of things that Confucius spoke about. It's in, of course, uh, the Islamic Sufi tradition. Um, indigenous peoples know about it. That's right. And people have actually been experiencing the existence of the collective consciousness in, in many forms. And it has a way of manifesting in very subtle ways so that um, it tells you that it's there, that it's working. And I'd just like to give a very short example of, of how the Paramatachanya, or how this energy or this collective consciousness knows everything that you desire, everything, right down to something as simple as this. And I'll just tell you very quickly. Um, someone gave me a beautiful present once. It was actually a lovely wooden spoon, and it was handmade in Romania. And I kind of fell in love with this beautiful wooden spoon, and, um, and I used it for all sorts of things. It's nicely carved, you know. And, uh, and I asked this person if they could possibly get me another wooden spoon because I thought I'd like two wooden spoons. Um, anyway, this is <laughs> wasn't enough. <laughs> I could use, use both of them, you see. You, so, you, you, um, may, you, you eat too much, maybe. I eat too much. No, no, they eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> They're for cooking, you know, for flour. <laughs> they hold the flour really well, you see, a big scoop. So um, I asked them whether they could possibly get me another one from Romania, you see. And um, this was about two years ago, and, and it didn't work out, and nothing happened, and, and I completely forgot about it. And then um, someone, a Sajogi, my brother-in-law, actually turned up at the beginning of the year, and uh, he had been in um, Dubai, and uh, there'd been a, an international seminar in Turkey, and he'd gone, uh, yogis had gone from Turkey to Dubai and, and 
he'd gone back to India and to Australia, and he said, I've got something for you, you know. It was, the, it was a gift given to everyone in, um, in Turkey. And he handed me this hand-carved wooden spoon. And I was just so amazed. I thought, now, you know, every little thing, of, of all the things in the universe that I could have been given, I had to be given this hand-carved wooden spoon from Romania. And it just showed me that this energy, this collective consciousness, looks after every tiny little thing that we desire. We just have to be open to it and, and understand that it's there and trust that it's there. Mm. And be patient because it doesn't and always work yeah. out in our time frame. That's true, be yeah. patient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd like to um, ask everyone now to relax and get themselves comfortable because we're going to go through the guided meditation now. And as I explained at the beginning of the program, it's going to be a rather unique one in that we're all going to be singing. <laughs> it, it's, uh, we're going to be singing notes which correspond to the vibration of each of the subtle energy centers, the chakras within us. And so I would ask everybody to either sit in a chair or on the floor, feet uh, apart, or if you're on the floor, cross-legged, however you feel most comfortable. Open your hands uh, um, palm upward on your lap and just close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and um, Jillian will take us through the meditation which will awaken the qualities in the first chakra and then after that I'm going to sing the notes and I would like you to sing along with me or just after me. So keep your attention at the base of your spine. And just have a desire to experience meditation and to receive your self-realization, this awakening of this energy.
self-realization. attention at the top of your head and again ask please may I have my self-realization
keeping your attention on the Sahastrara, which is on the top of your head. Just listen to this mantra for the Sahastrara. Shri 
Just、uh, put your right hand above your head and see if you feel any vibration or any cool breeze or even warm breeze coming out of your head. Keep your left hand open on your lap, and with your, your right hand above the head, try and feel this vibration. Then you take down your right hand and use your left hand above the head. Check if, if you feel any vibration in the palm of your hands or on top of your head. Don't put any effort. Just witness and see what you feel. There are a hundred people tonight、uh, doing this program together here.、Um, our pleasure is to to pass on to you what we've got is our self-realization, and allow you to feel this、uh, beautiful feeling inside, and this deep meditation we we experience every day.、Uh, just to remember,、uh, to to remind you, if you need more information about Sahaja Yoga, you can call nine seven four seven four eight three five. Nine seven four seven four eight three five, or you can also go to our website on freemeditation dot com.、Um, Lielan might do some announcements. You want to do more?、Uh, well, just that、um, all our programs are always free, and you're welcome to come by at any time.、Um, the phone numbers are on the website. You might want to ring first. I'd like to thank everyone who took part in tonight's program or this morning's program, whichever time you're listening to this.、Uh, the Sahaj Kawalis who've、um, sung these great Sufi songs of devotion, Kevin Fitzgerald with the guitar solo,、uh, Gillian and Jean-Michel on the panel, and、uh, our great techs John Brownscombe and Lawrence Dowsett who've worked effortlessly always for us. And don't ever get the recognition they really deserve. And、uh, we're going to be back again next Sunday from 10 to 11 on Radio 2 SCR 107.3 FM. And、um, we hope to see you again. Keep meditating, Jay Sri Mataji.
Just 